friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. You can find us on all your favorite streaming services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, whatever, or you can get us on our website at fortworthroots.com. On social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the stuff. It's just Fort Worth Roots. We also have a YouTube channel. All these uh, episodes have a corresponding video attached to them. You just look for Fort Worth Roots on your YouTube app. If this is your first time visiting the Fort Worth Roots podcast, thank you for being here. This is the portion of the show where we go into our announcements. And since we've been doing this for a while and we've been engaging with the community, these notes are getting longer and longer, but we will start the episode soon. So first off, let me tell you about our sponsors. We're very excited to have sponsors because this means we can do cooler stuff for you, including the September 10th event at Pouring Glory. I'll tell you about that in a second. Our sponsors, starting with Roofing Solutions by Darren Houck, RoofingSolutionsHauk.com, and he just sent me a text message a couple days ago informing me of a deal that he's going to do for all of our Fort Worth Roots podcast listeners. Here's the text straight off the phone. Fort Worth Roots special from Roofing Solutions. Mention Fort Worth Roots for a special price on our roofing tune-up. This is something I've been talking about uh, over the past few episodes. This is just to give them an invitation to your home. Check out your roof. Make sure nothing crazy is going on. They'll seal the pipes. I'm getting off topic here. 50% off for the roofing tune-up. Limited time only, it says here. Roofing Solutions will seal all pipes and vents and anything else that comes out of the roof. Uh, Inspect the entire roof, checking for excess wear, storm damage, pulled nails. Minor repairs will be done during the inspection. If we find a larger problem that cannot be done uh, for the advertised price, we'll stop. Call the homeowner and uh, advise what needs to be done. New roof, larger repair, call insurance company, etc. At that time, if the homeowner does not want to move forward with any additional cost, uh, the, the work stops unless you tell them to go forward with that. In other words, if we can't repair it for what, agree- what we agreed upon, we'll stop and you'll owe nothing additional without giving us permission to move forward. I kind of said that twice. That's okay. All right, go to roofingsolutionshauk.com to see the uh, entire selection of services that they offer. Um, Folks, the reason that we're so glad to have these people on as a sponsor is not just because they're sponsoring the show, but because we have uh, kind of aligned ourselves with the industry leader in the North Texas area uh, with one of the best roofers that you could ask for. Uh, Don't take my word for it. Check out their ratings. Look at the reviews online. It's Roofing Solutions by Darren Houck. And you can call them at 817-882-6520. Our next sponsor is Hauk Walker Originals. Anything that you need to be customized for your home or your office or that little side gig project you got. You need your name on a cup. You need some custom pens uh, and many, many different things. Uh, they are extremely creative people and they've got the know-how and the skill to make something that's going to uh, look great in your home or set you aside from your competitors. Check them out, HaukWalker.com. Woodpost Metalworks. You can go to Woodpost Metalworks and get 10% off with code PODCAST817. Custom Metalwork. They also do things for your home and and your office. They can do gate repairs and custom gates uh, for your fences. Uh, Custom fences. And uh, one of the signs they just did, and I cannot remember the name of the company, but it's on our uh, Fort Worth Roots Facebook page. We shared it. And uh, what they did is a, a very, very elegant metal sign for a local business. Uh, and they could have gotten 10% off if they'd have used code PODCAST817. They, they probably wish they had have listened to the show now, knowing that. But anyway, it's a very elegant sign. They do amazing work. 
And uh, the thing I keep telling people about is a, a grill they've got on their website that I want desperately bad. <laughs> it says uh, United States Marine Corps, and it's got all this custom artwork to it. And uh, the way they've got it photographed with the flames coming through the holes in the metal uh, just looks really cool. Anyway, go check them out. Uh, woodpostmetalworks.com. A big thank you to all of our sponsors. You guys are putting Fort Worth Roots in a position where we can do more cool stuff. And I mentioned this a minute ago, our September 10th event is getting bigger and bigger. And there are more things coming uh, out as we move closer to the date. We've only got two and a half weeks to prepare for this thing now. Um, And I'm excited and nervous. And I really want you to come to this thing. Uh, This is our big thank you event. All of our listeners that have gotten Fort Worth Roots to the place that it's at now, uh, this is to say thank you. Because every single time you stream an episode of Fort Worth Roots, it shows up on our analytics and it makes it easier for us to uh, reach more people inside the Fort Worth area and beyond. So thank you for listening. And you can come get your big thank you at uh, Pouring Glory, September 10th. This event is from 1 to 6, and it's going to be a great show. We've got Late to the Station, a local band that's going to be playing for you live on stage At the outdoor stage, we also have an acoustic set that's going to be playing indoor from a couple of the bands uh, that will be playing on the the outdoor stage. Uh, The Gray uh, with Max Cusin, Itchy Richie and the Burning Sensations will be our third band. And then to tie it all off, we have side-splitting funny comedian, local comedian, Kate Greathouse. It's going to be a great show. It's free to the public. You don't have to spend a dime. We do encourage you to take advantage of the $3 beer that's going to be on special at Pouring Glory for this event. Compliments of the owner, Scott, who wants to make sure that this is a huge success. We also have a uh, vendor market. Uh, Compliments of Mickey Wendell with the Artful Village. She is going to be putting on a pop-up market for us. I can't remember how many vendors are going to be there, but you'll just have to show up and find out. And it's going to be excellent. She made sure that these... Uh, vendors and what they're selling their products made sense to go along with the show and um, I'm not sure what that means but there's going to be cool stuff there and uh, like I said free event but there will be grab bags at the door so you'll already have a grab bag in your hand uh, with some stuff that we're going to include in there for you and uh, with that bag you can go through the pop-up market and stuff it full of other awesome stuff from our creative community here in the Fort Worth area so come on out Also, for any of you that are promoting the event with me, I've got a lot of really awesome people that are helping me put this event together and promoting it so that it's a success. We do have new flyers. These flyers are bigger than the original ones that we cut. Uh, With all the information for the event, they are available for you to pick up at Pouring Glory if you'd like to pass some of those out at work or uh, your church or uh, whatever, wherever it is that you uh, hang out with people. So you can pick those up there. We also have some 8x11 uh, posters, uh, same as the the flyers, just more bigger, and you can put them on doors and stuff. But anyway, that's available for you at Pouring Glory. Stop by, get a burger, and then walk out of there with a few of these flyers to share with your homies. Uh, you can also pick them up at the new brick-and-mortar location for the Fort Worth Roots uh, studio. Our new studio is located in River Oaks. Hit me up. I'll give you an address. You can come by, pick some up if that address is a little closer to you. All right, that's enough of the announcements. You might have noticed whenever you clicked on this, or right before you clicked on this episode, that it said something to the effect of adult advisory or language warning or something like that. I haven't decided how I'm going to put that on there yet. But we do have episodes where an excessive amount of language is used, and this happens to be one of them. This is our good friend. He's been on the show now four times, and he has just returned from a 500-mile walk across Spain. You heard that correctly. 500 miles on foot across Spain. Incredible. Uh, This part of the El Camino del, excuse me, 
This is part of the El Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James, and he's done this twice now. While he was gone, he sent me a postcard from Spain, and I am in the middle of a big move with the office and with my personal space, so I am trying to find this daggum postcard, but this is the first time I've had a chance to sit down with our guest since he got back, and I got to thank him for the postcard, and we also did a phone call with him, and I can't remember which episode this is, but we did the phone call while he was in Spain, and I got to talk to him very briefly. Um, our timetable kind of lined up. I think I had to get up at like two o'clock in the morning or something like that. Anyway, the previous episode with Joe Savage, uh, has that recording on there and it was a really fun episode. This one is equally fun, if not more funner, because we get into some, uh, neighbor discrepancies, some, uh, domestic disputes involving the police officers and just general shenanigans. We really did want to break down the entire, uh, El Camino de Santiago and we did. To a point. But we also get into just life and talking about where Joe's headed with his musical career and a bunch of other squirrel chasing moments. This was just a great opportunity to sit down with a friend and catch up. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we did uh, recording it. It's always a great time hanging out with this dude. You can catch him each and every Tuesday at Eagles Point Bar and Grill in Saginaw and every Sunday, 6 to 10 out at Eagles Point at West Bay. That's part of uh, Eagle Mountain Lake out there on the Azel side. It's a nice little spot, and I hear they have amazing food. You can find our guest on Linktree at Joe FN Savage. That's enough talking out of me. Thank you all for being here. Give it up for my good friend, Joe Savage. Let's start the show. Joe Savage in Granbury, Texas, sitting on the edge of the lake. This Man. is a cool little spot. Oh, by the way, your HOA is probably looking for me right now. I tried to use the uh, the whatever swing arm thing where I put my ID in. It didn't do anything. Oh, no. So I sat there for a minute. I knocked on the shack. Nobody was there. So I just went around the swing arm. So oh, there's good. some there's some video footage of me at the guard shack uh, oh, breaking of, the laws. Perks of having a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I told the guy behind me, I was like, eh, I don't know, man. I don't care. I'm just going to go around the swing arm. He's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, he's in a big-ass truck. He's got to like, deal with that shit. I yeah. yeah. Well, somebody would get on there eventually. I put your name on my, on my list. It's a pain in the ass, you know. But... I don't mind it. I like people sweating a little bit when they come over. You have kind of an untraditional property, and it's sandwiched in between all these really nice homes. So it's a, it's a good community, and it looks like you got lake access, too. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of marinas inside the HOA, and then also there's I can even put a kayak in 200 yards right there. On Just that little drag spill. it over there? Yeah, if I wanted nice. to, you know. But you have I a kayak? Have, no, I don't. You should get one. I don't go on the lake. No, Dude, um, I bought a little eight-and-a-half-foot, uh, Coleman kayak, this ugly orange, fat, just badly, it's just I not not a great kayak. Um, but I probably put in 500 miles of kayaking out there at uh, what is that Lake Worth? Oh, nice, right man. there by the base. Yeah, cool. Because I was on the base and I'd get off work and I would just go out there. They have a nice little sandy beach. 
probably the nicest part of Lake Worth, actually. Yeah. Uh, nobody has access to it except for the military base. And I would launch from there, and I'd go all the way out to Goat Island. Oh, no, Goat a, Island. A, Did you ever see the goat out there? No, I, I think somebody ate him by the time I, I got there. Oh, nice. He's gone. Good. Well, we used to go out to Mosque Point, <laughs> which is on the lake, too. Mosque Point, you can see Goat Island. And Mosque Point's like a public pavilion off of... Uh, or a pat under the bridge under the bridge yeah, there by yeah. Lake Worth right when you're leaving Lake Worth you take that last exit it's uh, anyway Quebec or something yeah something anyways like you go up to Mosque Point M-O-S-Q-U-E Mosque Point that whole area is pretty interesting but um, it's it's not much of a lake it's kind of shallow it's not I don't know and the water's filthy so yeah, and people don't swim in Lake Worth. No. But, yeah, we used to tell ghost stories about Goatman, <laughs> Goatman Island. So, yeah. So, um, there was actually a goat out there. No, I, it's like some creepy guy or something. It's like ghost story, you know, or a, a horror story or whatever. He's supposed to, Goatman's supposed to be like a, a killer. Oh. Yeah. And it comes and feasts on the humans and then <laughs> retreats to the island again or something. You know? Is that the whole story? Is, is there like you know a, Matthew Brill's song, right? I'm the I'm the monster by the lake. Is that what it's, it's about? Like by the goat man. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, yeah. He never told me that. Yeah, he's. I think he actually sang it on the the show. Yeah, you would know. If, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty lorry. If you're yeah. living around Lake Worth your whole life, mm-hmm. you know about Goatman, and and everyone, all children have said they would one day take a kayak out there, and you know, and in front confront this entity. <laughs> so like, there's so, a there's a trash can out there. Like we'll a, go out there and camp, right? A city, yeah, ran thing. I guess I don't know. Like somebody's taking care of it. I think you can go out there and camp, right? Well, whenever I would go there, there's just there's not a lot of flat space. Like it's just very grown up. Like there's trees and yeah. I mean, there's no flat space. Yeah. And wherever there is flat space, it's rocks and thorns, and it's just not a great camping spot. Yeah. So I don't see a lot of utility for that island. Yeah. Uh, currently, but no, they're, they're mean, always out yeah. there doing shit with it, and you yeah. would think that somebody would try to do something, pretty it up a bit, make yeah. it usable. Yeah. And now there's a new uh, bridge going in over there. and Going to Azor? Yeah, going yeah. out, yeah, running alongside 199, mm-hmm. and um, they're about halfway done uh, putting the cross sections a- a- across it, so it's yeah. uh, it's going together really fast. And I think what they're planning on doing is connecting that section of 199 directly to 820. So, yeah. like, you won't have to get on any of those surface roads. Right. I hope they keep the little bridge. You know. I'm sure they will. Yeah. Why would you take that, that apart? I don't yeah. Well, there's a lot of dumb shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking driving over it. I was like, this would be awesome if they, we have both of them. You know? Yeah. But it would not be cool if we only got the Surely one. Surely they will. Surely they have to. I mean. Especially if that one's going to connect right to A20. I didn't know Cause that. Because traffic through there has gotten so insane. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're getting ahead of it sooner than uh, well, than they had to. Like, I, I think they're kind of ahead of the ball here. They are. And I've lived in Azle growing up, and yeah. they started all that construction as you go t- from Lake Worth to Azle. All that started when I was a child. The widening of the highways mm-hmm. and the space for, for a bigger lanes. So they'll have six lanes going to Azle soon enough. You know, they already have... It's already eight or four right two and two yeah i think so and the entire time i lived over in like north fort worth uh off of boat club road yeah they were it was under construction you had to drive on the service roads because they were doing all that new shit oh there's right. that highway access now it's open. Into, yeah yeah that's pretty cool right there in saginaw by the walmart mm-hmm. yeah 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 i play over there every 
every Tuesday. Whole area is changing a lot, and like Arlington was the first, I guess, like me growing up and watching a community change. My parents lived in a house in South Arlington, and used to south of I twenty, there wasn't shit. Yeah, and now it is. It's oh, a yeah. city, dude. I, yeah, <laughs> apartments and shops and businesses and yeah, um, it's wild to watch all the changes. Yeah. I lived off Matlock there at Windcastle, okay. Matlock yeah. and I-20. So yeah. my first apartments getting out of uh, uh, Saginaw was in Park Row okay. in Arlington. And then me and my brother shared a place, and then I moved up to South Arlington. Um, I w- I, my uh, first apartment in DFW was off of 360 in Arlington, um, just north of the uh, – what is that? I think it's uh, Green Oaks. Green Oaks and 360. Yeah. And it was just uh, – <laughs> so when I when I moved from Abilene, I had a, uh, I think I was paying three eighty five a month for a two bedroom apartment, and they were okay, they were decent. It was not a bad neighborhood, and then so when I moved up here and started looking around, I found some apartments off of three sixty and Green Oaks, and they wanted six fifty a month, and I'm going shit, yeah, this is going to be fancy. Six fifty a month. Yeah. These must be really nice apartments. Yeah, and I just bought myself a brand new Harley, and I think it was a 2011, and I had it parked outside in the parking lot. And I, I'm going to work. It's like 4 a.m. and I come out. I've got all my motorcycle gear on because it's cold. So I've got my jacket. I've got my chaps on. I've got my helmet, and I come walking out of the apartment, and I can't find my bike. Oh shit! And I. I walk up and down this row in in the parking lot. Like, where did I park? I walked up and down the parking lot like four or five times until I finally went, oh, my God, somebody stole my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, it wasn't in a good neighborhood. And then right after that, I started noticing, like, people walking around with ankle monitors. And then about a week after my bike got stolen, I got a notice on my door that's, you know, from the Fort Worth Police Department. Yeah, this is Detective So and So. We just want to let you know that your neighbor was murdered last night. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. If you have any information, please give me a call. Yeah. That kind of shit. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah. Uh six fifty a month does not mean I'm in a good neighborhood. Yeah. But if you went <clears throat> left or right of those apartment complexes, it there were like multi million dollar homes. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. And so I don't know. That was my introduction to DFW. What year was that? It was probably 2011, because I remember the bike was a 2011. Nice. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I had a fucking moped stolen, too, out of a, a $950 apartment over here. On, Ooh, on that's Ryan, super fancy. Ryan Irving, yeah. That was when I really... Who sells a moped? What a dick. They found it, and it was all chopped up and painted and had weird stickers on they it. They found it? They found How it. How did they find it? I pulled this bitch over on the side of the road. Her girlfriend said... The lady said her, boy, her boyfriend bought it for her, and... But I got pictures of it. I posted on Facebook during the whole thing, and like they stole it from, uh, stole it out of my apartment complex. You know, it was parked there by my door. So you found somebody running around with this thing? I didn't find them. Oh, the police found oh, them. Okay. They, the police. Yeah. They, they for me is the police, yeah. <laughs> the authorities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the authorities found them, uh, and returned the bike to me. And then I, the bike was worthless. But uh, so I sold it to a guy in Nashville, Tennessee. He he bought it for five hundred bucks because he wanted the the little engine out of it to put on something else. <laughs> <laughs> so he paid for the fucking thing to come get picked up and 
Damn. It was worth it for me. It was some kind of collector guy. So it wasn't a total loss. I think I, you know. But I, I'm just I can't surprised that they found it because whenever I talked to the cops, because I called them after I'd walked up and down the parking lot several times going where I parked my bike. I called the cops and, uh, you know, I'm all distressed. Uh, how old was I? I was probably 24, 25 years old, something like that. And I'm talking to the cops or the dispatcher, whoever I'm talking to on the phone. And I'm giving her my information, and, and uh, towards the end of the call, I go, well, when will you be sending an officer out? And she's like, honey, what do you want him to come look at? <laughs> yeah. And and at that moment, I was like, she's she's right. There's nothing here. Like, what, what are we going to do? Stare at an empty parking yeah. spot? Yeah. They came out. <laughs> but they didn't find shit. Like, they, yeah. I don't even think don't they think, looked. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't, think, I don't know how. It's maybe my luck. That That's I got pretty my wild. Back, man. But it, it was a, <laughs> it was such a shocker to my life and my worldview when it happened. I don't know about you, but that feeling of first looking for your car and or your vehicle and it's gone, and then trying to blame yourself. Right? Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Oh, I, I was, you know, what did I do wrong? And then why like, did I park it there? Someone came and picked this thing up and put it in a truck and took it. Yeah. Like you know yeah. that 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 was mind blown for me. <laughs> like holy yeah. shit! And I'm in a nice neighborhood. You know. Well, and then I'm sure, just like me, you were probably looking at your neighbors like, which one of you motherfuckers? Yeah. In right. this in this same apartment too, not to one up your story too much, but in this same apartment, we were I got fucking burglarized and like so me and Morgan, one of my friends uh, Morgan who, who we were songwriting together a lot and hanging out quite a bit, we had been up all night drinking. I go to bed and Morgan sleeps on the couch, but we don't go to sleep till two or three in the morning. Yeah, and someone came over my balcony into the house, stole Morgan's phone, stole my phone out of my room from next to my head while you're sleeping while i'm sleeping stole what the stole fuck? a fucking bag of jewel like i had this bag of like jewelry and coins <laughs> just had a bag I, of jewels sitting around it was like my keepsake <laughs> it was a little crown roll bag i had since i was like 18 you know it had my couple grandma's pendants in there a bunch of germany coins from when i lived over there as this a kid. is starting to sound like somebody you know now yeah it oh, does. Shit. but i you know i can't because of my because i had gotten my moped robbed yeah um uh, I just thought, you know, I filed a police report and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, nothing, none of that ever came back. And that was a bummer. But that was the same apartment complex yeah. where I was paying nine fifty a month. And I thought, oh, Brian Irving and I, twenty nine fifty a month. I'm going to push myself as a musician to be able to afford this. And I will live in fucking peace, you know, and quality. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the same kind of decision. Overall, it was like, well, no. You know, I'm getting all my stuff stolen here. (laughs) Man, that's got to be a whole different feeling. I mean, getting your vehicle stolen is one thing, but like somebody coming into your home and you're there while it happens, no less. Still eerie about it. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm still bothered by it because I sleep with my phone like right by my head, you know. Yeah. To someone who's ballsy enough to come in and take my phone while I'm asleep, it's crazy. I, I like to think that there's no way I would sleep that hard. But who knows? Yeah, I don't sleep that hard. You know, I mean, I sleep, but it's just a mystery to me. There he is. A little Thank Dexter. Can't. Where the hell did he come from? He's got a little door over there. Baxter? Dexter. Dexter. Yeah. Hi, baby. Dexter's laboratory. Oh, you're friendly. Yeah, he's a good boy. Oh, man. He's got a good life. <laughs> but yeah, living out here for the cat and for me, I, I didn't expect so many... Um, so many peaceful and calming amenities to this place. You know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff I don't like, you know, uh, small town culture, but, you know, you can engage in it as you like, you know. But um, 
told you a little bit about my neighbor. <laughs> we should go into that because that's a wild ass story. Can we put that on recording? Sure. <laughs> All right. So you've got this old veteran, old uh, military vet, and he's just living out his life. And Who's also became a professor later in his life and opened a couple of uh, skilled trade colleges. So a stand-up dude. Seems legit to me. Paid and, cash for that. And you've talked to him. You like the guy? Yes. yes nice dude. Most definitely. Okay. And then enters the neighbor into the story. Yeah. like They both, <laughs> the neighbor, <laughs> they went to pay their taxes the first year. We all moved out here within a month of each other. All three of the oh, wow. parties involved. I moved out September 2020. They both came out in October of 2020. And so like for the listener, I live on a corner lot and then there's a, a vacant lot next to me. And then there's an, two lots that this guy Lee bought the veteran. Mm-hmm. And then there's three lots that this woman bought. We did not speak her name around here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, anyways, on Christmas, fucking like 2020, she goes to pay her taxes and found out there's a clerical error, which should be handled by, title insurance right i mean lee paid cash for his property there should be and so did she as far as i knew you know i'm i've got a mortgage so um i haven't seen my title but they (laughs) (laughs) they both want to check on that now no i have a it's a it's a uh it's uh what is it called a uh not a quick deed but a warranty deed okay it's all good there's only been two owners on this piece but anyways i'm in good shape as long as i make my payments but anyhow they both paid (laughs) cash and they should they should see that there's title insurance. That's what it's for. You have a clerical error. You can see the title insurance. The title insurance has to pay a certain sum, so maybe buy one of the lots from one of them, right, or whatever. So it's all can be handled in a civil manner. The property that she accidentally realized that she owned due to the clerical error is actually worth more than the property she bought and was satisfied with. Yeah. Because it has amenities on it and it's utilities like a septic tank. So yeah. She calls the sheriff and has this 70-year-old man evicted from that property, and he had just finished putting all his things in his shed, you know, was, he'd been here two months. So she, the cops made him unload his fucking shed and put all that stuff back on his property because she had the paperwork and they stood there and like everyone's, the neighbors, everyone stood there and watched, including the police and no one could do anything about it. And that was December, 2020. So Lee was a super stand up guy about it. You know, I was not, you know, but Lee, told, <laughs> Lee was like, uh, I'll handle this in court. No big deal. Blah, blah, blah. And he lives six months up North and then six months down here. He comes back in October. Yeah. And then he leaves in March or something, you know, and uh oh my god so i i go out there and i'm yelling and i'm like what the hell it's christmas this guy's an old man like and they're like they're like mind your business mind your business there's like a flock of them out there and so anyways things die down for a year or so and nothing but not completely this lady tortures everybody on our street there's another veteran named woodman who lives uh, across from lee Woodman sounds dangerous. I don't think I'd mess with him. Yeah, Woodman is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> he called it. He, he sells wood everywhere. You know, he chops his wood up. When you leave today, as you pass by Tommy's, there's a sign that says Woodman. That's his number. And he sells firewood to everybody. But he's also a veteran and uh, has a little PTSD for sure and is a bit of a drinker. Um, <laughs> but she's cussed him too and got him all riled up. You know, she can cause one of these men to have a heart attack out here one day. It's, I mean, she is just a crazy, crazy lady who just gets off on poison you know so they finally signed this agreement to transfer the properties back uh-huh. sorry to make this story so long no it's good it's okay, a good cool. story <laughs> so this, this just happened so the, this is an update we have nothing happening for almost a year lee comes down for his 2021 six months works on his property clean you know keeps doing what he can with that one meanwhile she won't do anything 
with this property. We've all cleaned up our every lot on this fucking street except for that one. And she's mm-hmm. got two felled trees, one on the fence, one leaning on the shed. No one will make her do anything. It's so crazy. You know, mm-hmm. we're not allowed to have our lots like that, but she can have this lot like that because it's under litigation. Nobody enforces anything. <laughs> so please come out here again recently, just like last week. I see the sheriff out there and I go out and I'm like, what is going on? But earlier in the morning, I seen Lee messing around on the lot and I looked over the fence and I was like, Lee, did you get your lot back? What are you doing over there? You know, you know, you're going to get the cops called on you. (laughs) He's like, oh yeah, we signed everything. I'm like, what are you doing here anyways? You're not supposed to be back till October. And he's like, well, I flew down because we signed the agreement. I have to clean the lot. And then we will then i'll have possession of this lot again so he's taking all his lumber and things that he's doing moved it from the lot that he got when she took possession of his lot due to the clerical error she calls the cops on him so the cops show up make him get off now all his lumber's already over there she waited till he cleaned her lot completely (laughs) then the cops leave and she pulls up and backs her fucking truck into the lot and starts loading his lumber into her fucking pickup so lee freaks out I'm not here for this. I had left for all this. I went to the grocery store. And then when I get back, the cops follow me from the... <laughs> because they're coming here. Yeah. And they just happen to be behind me at the last stoplight. So they followed me the five miles or three miles or whatever it is. You're 10 and 2, 10 and 2. I'm like, what is happening? And then I make my turn onto my street and they turn with me. And then they park right behind me because Lee's in my yard. <laughs> and I'm just like, Lee, what is happening here? Like, what are you doing? And... uh She's, you know, she's stealing his lumber, but there's nothing anybody can do about it. So the cops, you know, Lee had blocked her in with his truck. So he's, his truck's blocking her drive with her truck stealing his lumber, and he's standing in my driveway. And I come back with two fucking SUV sheriffs. Because cops can't come out here. This is sheriff only, you know. Looks uh, like Joe showed up with the Calvary. Yeah, it did kind of. That was cool. <laughs> and they parked in front of my, my place. And they're always like... Oh, this is it gets better. I didn't tell you this part yet. So, anyways, that all happens. They leave, and she just stays out there and pretends to steal that lumber all day. Never takes it. Just tortures anybody who walks out. Which I'm one of them. I'm like, what are y'all doing out here? Why are the cops keep coming out here? Mind your business. Yeah, no. They come over and they just. <laughs> me, 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 me. And I buy right in, and finally we're exploding. And like <laughs> this one lady who lives over here is elderly as well, and her husband across walks, the main road. Yeah, and her husband walks around. Yeah, across the main road. Her husband walks around my block every morning, and I talk to him a lot. And yeah. I thought he we were cool, but she goes, "I will have you arrested right now." And I was like, "For what? For growing marijuana in your building?" <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like. I was like, would you like to come in and see it? <laughs> no, I will not go in there. I was like, just go in. I, I, go in and check it out and dispel your, your lies. Like, and Tina, who remained nameless, damn it, that neighbor, <laughs> the, the crazy lady's just laughing and like almost biting her fingernails, looking at me like, gotcha, bitch. You know, I fucking told everybody you're growing weed and your shit. <laughs> so I try to be reasonable and I'm like, this could easily be taken care of. Come take a look inside my shed, you know. Nothing there. No way. She, I will not go in there. Why won't you go in there? Because you'll trap me in there. And I was like, lady, I'm not going to trap you in there. I was like, you're my neighbor. And I was like, I'll just stand back. It's unlocked. Go on in. And she's like, I will not. So she walks back home. I get dressed, put on nice clothes, take a shower, go over there and try to talk to her husband. Because I've uh, seen him many mornings. Yeah. They don't answer. I come back over here, and they're all three walking down towards me now. And Lee's gone. Lee went to McKinney to get his children to Just come out here and help him. die. <laughs> <laughs> so I go up, and I'm like, I'd like to invite all three of you into my apartment, my shed right now. And this lady 
Tina is not allowed to come down here because she brandished a weapon in front of my house in, in her pocket. I've got it on video. You can't see that it's a weapon, so we couldn't enforce it. Jesus, Joe. But it's, this happened. This happened in December 2020, so it's on record at with the sheriff. And I've, you know, I've got my sign out there that says I'm armed, and so it's right to, you know, I've never thought I'd be this guy, but like. <laughs> I'm proclaiming my right to stand my ground, you know. <laughs> so, anyways, they all come down. They're coming down. I'm like, go ahead and take a look. And Tina flips out. She's like, she's like, no, take this drug test. I'll go get drug tests. And you know, and I'm like, I offer. I'm like, I'll buy that lot right now from you, ten thousand bucks cash. Leave me alone. Go get your drug tests. So she comes flying down the road with these drug tests. And <laughs> <laughs> the other lady this is so fucking <laughs> wild. <laughs> Then the old elderly couple, they're losing it. The old man's pushed me and poked me, and it's about to have a heart attack. And the I'm husband? just, yeah, and I'm just ducking my head. He he has no, he's not reasonable at all. And this is happening right out here. This is happening right out here. And he's like, I walk by and smell your marijuana every morning. And I was like, Sir, walk another path. I was, I was like, That's how the drug test came up. I was like, It's CBD. I was like, You can buy it at Tommy's right up the street. Like, you know. And they're like, It's not CBD. I'm old. I'm an old hippie. I know the difference. In the smell and i'm like no you don't because supreme court said you can't smell it anymore uh, you know and, oh it's crazy and i was like as one christian man to another go in there and look and he's like i will not trespass on your property Jesus, oh my god man, this so is crazy. next morning i'm sitting out front and i got my little uh orange pistol case but it has cameras in it no how you know i got a home protection gun but i don't ever keep take it out or, yeah. or i would never <laughs> sit out there but i know what the orange cases make people think so i'm sitting out having my coffee and my spliff in the morning on the porch and here he comes with his wife and their truck driving by and i just opened up my little orange case it's got my camera gear in there and they sped on they ain't been back you know but i don't want to be scared of this person he lives right over there you can see his house from where you're sitting <laughs> <laughs> but anyways damn dude i mean i i don't know that i've ever heard like neighborhood drama bullshit like that before that's next level there's nothing we could do about it because there's so much contingency with the hoa you know what do you mean there there was a big lawsuit they upped the dues and there's a few owners who own hundreds of properties in here yeah and so up in their dues from my dues are 18 a year that's what it says in the bylaws 18 bucks? 18 bucks. Dollar fifty a month for the these are all RV lots. Yeah. You know, and, and as as growth happened in DFW, these became homes, you know. But uh -huh. these used to be where all the rich houses stored their boats and RVs oh, and shit okay. like that. Yeah. Right. So now I live here. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and so do all these there's hundreds of us. So there are two you know, there might be a thousand lots like this because this whole street behind us goes on and it's all little small these are like tenth of an acre lots. This is twenty five hundred square foot lot. Yeah. And uh, well, when you were telling me like your living situation, like RV, and then I've got this studio, and I'm I'm trying to imagine it, um, but I never could have imagined it like this. Like it's a really nice area. It's a great neighborhood, nice. and it's a cool little setup. And I don't know, it feels very warm and welcoming. And I never would have thought there'd be that kind of drama oh. just rolling up, you know. Otherwise, it's fine, you know. That's what I meant when I was telling you. Other I, than that, yeah. I've learned, I've learned, where should I engage, you know? Like, wh wh where should I not engage? Like, what's worth it to me? Like, by engaging with her again this time, even though she was stealing that man's wood and did this whole charade with signing the papers and had the cops out here, that's bullshit. I mean, you can't steal your neighbor's property, and you can't yeah. manipulate him into moving the property into an area where you can steal it from them and then use the police to enforce it. It's like 
unbelievably insane and i feel justified and <laughs> and having got involved as little as little effect as i made like yeah. just to allow her to know like i'm not going to stand by and watch you torture this person and even I, if it costs me you know <clears throat> and it did cost me i got another neighbor that hates me now. <laughs> well and i i have that i'm a th- I'm afflicted by that same uh, instinct. Like you see something that's wrong, and you got to do something about it. You know, you can't yeah. just stand there. Yeah, I yeah, I have that problem too. It gets but me a lot of shit. I've learned from Lee though, the man who's actually the victim. You know, and and he always just keeps saying he gets a little mad because she calls him a pedophile, and she does a lot of really defaming things against both of us. Now that I know about the. We're in a homeowner association. It's nice as fuck. If anybody was growing fucking weed out here, shit, rain, hell would rain down on them. You know, I mean, you wouldn't be out here doing it for long. I called the sheriff because I'm, I'm on a first name basis with him because of this lady. And I'm like, look, man, you, it's Joe again. You can come out here and search anytime you like, sir, on a peaceful manner. I was like, please do not raid me. Like, I do not. Let's not escalate this I shit. Just come take a look. Yeah, just take a look anytime. You call me, I got you, man. And like, <clears throat> You know, if I happen to have a quarter bag of weed, I'll take the ticket. Yeah. I'll take the ticket so that I don't have to get raided, so I don't have to be embarrassed, like, so I don't have to be almost shot, or that my cat doesn't get endangered, or any of these things that, that it's coming right you for know, us. When, you, when you're a thug, because there are meth users, and, and that's the sad part about this area, yeah. is, is that we get the bad rap as the RV park inside of a nice area you know mm, what i mean but yeah. everyone who's moved in in the last year or two including me has cleaned these lots has brought property value to the to the situation including tina and lee who fight and who've caused everybody so much problems you know yeah so overall things are moving to the better but in the 80s 90s and early 2000s this was a meth den you know that diamond d's bar on the way in uh-huh. it's a terrible spot but Is now it inside the swing arms no, that right outside, outside that, of right across the street from Tommy's, Diamond D's. But now it's nice. They renovated it. It's clean. Smells good. Yeah. Has a nice patio. Can't smoke inside. So it just shows you that things are changing. And, and you know, if I would have bought this lot when I first thought about living in a camper when I was 18, when I first wanted a piece of property, when I first just wanted something on my own, I could have got this exact place with all the utilities for probably 5000 bucks. Damn. I bought it for 32000 <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's crazy, but right? It's also yeah. It's all twenty years later, you know. So right it is down, crazy. Right though. down the street from the lake. Yeah. So, so makes sense, I guess. But yeah, property values are insane. I'm just so fortunate. I found this when I did, and that I get the opportunity to pay it off. I don't ha- have good credit, but since I've been working on this, I've also been working on my credit, yeah. and I'm just really grateful that uh, everything worked out to where you know I can own this property, and, and probably pretty soon. Cut this. Just heard that. Oh, damn. Has it been going the whole time? Yeah, but I've got software. I can edit it out. Okay. It's not a problem. Don't but, burn up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it's great out here, man. I'm so fortunate to be here. And uh, Oh, it's a great little spot. Yeah. But how does it work for you with you gigging uh, as far up as Eagle Mountain Lake? I yeah, mean, well. You, uh, you play in Denton, too. Yeah. Right? I put 50,000 miles on my vehicle last year. <laughs> Holy shit. Damn, dude. That's that, a lot. Yeah, and I play in Houston. I play in Salado, in Austin, Waco, Graham, Brownwood, Odessa, so Midland. I guess the travel thing has just never really been an issue for you because you're everywhere. It's part of it at this point, what I'm doing. I have This year, I see a light at the end of the tunnel now, finally, of not having to travel. I did a couple of my last travels. I went down to Uvalde. Mm-hmm. You know, just recently, last month, there and back. Did That's it, where that school it. shooting was, right? Yeah. yeah. I had already had a connection with the town before that. 
and uh, it's an unfortunate situation. And that's a really interesting town to be in too, because it's pretty close to the border, you know, and mm. uh, it's really diverse, and super awesome. So I liked it, and I went and did the radio show thing again with Robert McGill down there. But I can't really afford to do that stuff anymore. I can't take the wear on my vehicle, you know. I mean, I still owe quite a bit on that fucking car, <laughs> and I can't be putting fifty thousand miles a year on it. You know, it's not going to last. I'll be upside down in it when it breaks down. So, but the light at the end of the tunnel has been. You know, working for Eagles Point, they've been expanding. So now I go to Eagle Mountain. That you know, that's a reasonable drive within an hour. That's what most people in our Metroplex do for their their work. They drive yeah. about an hour to work. So, and that's an hour from here. Eagle Mountain Lake's an hour from here. Burleson's an hour from here, and Saginaw's an hour from here. Okay, an hour and ten, hour and seven, yeah. you know, something like kind of right in the middle. Yeah, but so those three gigs now I play every week, and that's just, just such a blessing. So it's like having a real nice. Uh, set schedule with a job and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, a little more sporadic, but um, definitely I'm keeping it as much more local as I can as, as DFW grows and the demand for music keeps rising, there aren't enough musicians to cover everything. Like, and so I'm taking advantage of this situation by trying to create residencies for me and for others, you know, yeah. like uh, with Eagles Point, I help guide their booking and I just keep telling them we're going to bring Bobby Date in next and Bobby Day gets all the Sundays and then Bobby Day gets one at least one Friday out at West Bay, you know. So, and then as soon as we expand music at Burleson, he'll get another date there. That and then Simona Cole is our next one we're trying to bring in. We need a female also, you know. Yeah. And but we're also, you know, trying to guide them to get what we'll do whatever they want. But as long as my input's available, I'm I'm pushing for residencies, you yeah. know. And I think it's best for the artist's life, quality of life, mental health, yeah. And, uh, Finances, having something you can count on, guaranteed right? gigs. Yeah, get to know the community. That's one thing that I have undercounted overall with Eagles Point. Aside from the monetary gain and like, which is just enough to pay my life and stuff. It's not like I'm raking them, you know. And I give them a good deal because they give me four gigs a month at each place, which yeah. is you know twelve gigs or whatever. Um, but the community, they love me. I love them now. You know, they call me their family. I know their servers. I feel like at Saginaw, where I've been the longest, and I'm there every Tuesday, we're a team now. You know, they support me, and I support them, and you yeah. can see it. And that's always what I want when I go into any of these little local gigs. Is that the if you piss the bartenders off and the waitstaff, kiss that fucking gig <laughs> goodbye, man. If, if you make everybody leave and they don't make money, you're gone. You know. Yeah. So. It's really a nice feeling to be a part of that corporation or that company, you know. It's, so it's it's, it's Saginaw on Tuesdays, and then Sundays you're out at West Point, right? Yep. Is that what it is? West yep. Eagles po Eagles Point at West Bay. I think I'm gonna. It go used out to be there called West Point, but I guess they had to change title for their restaurant because their West their restaurant's called Eagles Point. Yeah. So Eagles Point at West Point probably didn't sound as good as Eagles Point at West Bay. Yeah, and people might think it's like some kind of military academy too. So yeah, yeah. but it's really yeah, nice yeah. out there. Super cool. And the food is amazing. JT's a really, he's a real chef, you know, and that's really what's standing out about his business. And I'm so grateful to be a part of it. It's like, he's not a bar food guy. You know, he's not just shoving out fucking Benny Keith tenders and, and fries, you know? Yeah. Um, they used got, to, I think it's West Bay Marina. Is that West Bay Marina? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have a boat out there on the other side, like almost directly across from it. And, uh, West Bay was, um, always kind of the, the dumpy, kind of yep crappy spot 
you well, know, but as, it's they've updated everything. As it we've looks been so much better yeah, as the expansions because it's by Pelican Bay, and I grew up in Hazelwood. Right, I went right. to school at Liberty School. Pelican yeah. Bay is like you know you got uh, Simba and his dad sitting on the hill, and you know everything the light touches will be yours one day, son. Yeah, <laughs> dad, what's that dark spot over there? <laughs> it's Pelican, it's Pelican Bay. Bay. You must never go there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way it was growing up. It was, but yeah, now Pel- sh- shady, real shady. I think uh, one hundred eighty thousand dollars houses now out there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know my day job we've been running loads of concrete out there to to build some of those newer subdivisions and yeah it is it's really nice it's super nice pelican yeah. bay i mean shit you say whatever you want unbelievably nice I can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you would have been well suited to own one of those oh. trashy properties 20 years ago oh. and hold on to it because now it's worth a lot yeah what were my parents thinking you know what were any of us thinking we should man? have all just been buying something out there i sold a home in 2018 i mm. think Bro, too close I, to the pot, too close to the boom. If I had held on it, well, the thing is, it was like right on the edge of it, and the property value had gone up so much. I was like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get mine, yeah, yeah, right now. And yeah. I made a good little chunk of change, but dude, if I'd have held on to it for three more years, I would have doubled my money. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild, man. It's on, so, and it's unfair to be honest. You know, it doesn't I, make any sense. I'm happy about the growth, but I got pushed out 2015 and 16. I had in. And I was still renting. I had a mother-in-law suite in the Fairmount for mm. five hundred bucks a month. Damn, went up at one, crazy. one point to six hundred bucks a month in 2015, 16, Went up to eight hundred fifty a month. And you know, I was friends with the owner at that point, but their taxes went up. Their taxes, their house got appraised. It was on Hemp Hill or Lip, Lipscomb, which is uh-huh. one in the in, in the south part of Lipscomb. Yeah, Hemp Hill's one over, like terribly, terribly underfunded and. uh depreciated properties yeah. one block over but they they appraised their house at three hundred thousand dollars and so yeah i was out and a richer musician came in you know <laughs> and uh that, that's so the downside of of all this is that there's nowhere to live like i honestly don't see an upside to it and i try not to get too negative about it but i've been saying for a very long time that you know i've, I've traveled a lot and i've been to a lot of awesome places but fort worth has always been home yeah. because it is something different than anywhere else you can go i agree yeah uh, the vibe the the people I, I don't it's hard to quantify but if you live here or if you've been to fort worth you know what i'm talking about yeah and uh, i'm just worried that eventually and it will happen man it's going to change and one day we'll you know look out our window and go well shit i don't know it's in fort worth anymore is it I thought we're almost there, but well, I think this, we're, this we're in the gravy the train. Yeah, we're in the we're in the glory days of yeah. of being a nationally known, recognized metropolitan area. Yeah. I think the future of Fort Worth is is becoming part of Arlington and Dallas, and Dallas becoming part of Arlington and Fort Worth. Yeah. You know, this as well as all the suburbs. You know, I don't I don't have any grand predictions on how it would happen, but. I'd imagine 50 years from now, this will be like a megalopolis. Yeah, yeah. Just one mega city. Yeah. And got, you know, highways connecting everything and maybe even a, an underground, that one long park they've said they're going to build forever with bike lanes from Fort Worth to Dallas, you know, the yeah. Trinity River project. Katy Trail. Yeah. Connecting all that. Yeah. They're People working on quit it. stealing, then we might get some of that done, you know, like <laughs> what's going on? Who stole what? Oh, uh, in both Fort Worth and Dallas, there are ongoing investigations and also like a um, scandal over the big bridge in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the details. And also through the Trinity River. Uh, I heard about the that. The Trinity River. What is that? 
Panther Pavilion complex yeah. thing. Well, the the entire river area, there was yeah. a huge project, and they right. were trying to fund it through some kind of like federal economic relief fund or something. Right. And the way they were trying to get the money is by saying that it was something to improve the waterway, right? Right. Something to do with helping the river. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't really about the river. It's the shit on top of the river or on the sides, you know? Yeah. So the federal funding got pulled for it. And so there was some huge investigation. Everything got halted for like two years, but I guess it all got settled because now um, it's it's all back in full swing and they're building again. Well, but good, there good. was a huge investigation. <laughs> and, all, you know, what I've been learning, there's just so many ways that I don't know about how city officials and government officials and people who take positions of trust and, and uh, stewardship siphon. Steel, yeah. yeah, and so uh, you're talking about individual shit, like people dipping into the big yeah, pockets, people, yeah. and and who are probably organized as it goes up. You know, I mean, and and we know these people are organized. Uh, at some levels, we call them transnational corporations. You know, and at other levels, you can call it this oligarchic network. You know, this whole World War Three thing that's mm-hmm. going on with Putin and Ukraine and America and. Careful, Joe. We got satellites linking up right now. Well, you know, they're they're flexing. They're flexing. So I don't know that I'm an idiot. So, you know, I I do have a couple things right, you know, and I do take in the news and try to trust it. So, but they're they're flexing. The oligarch networks, the transnational corporations, like that's, I think, why we have this hyper-nationalism coming back because people are resisting to this kind of unseen force, you know, mm-hmm. that's controlling our lives, like, and, and controlling our lives in a good way a lot of times, you know. Um, yeah. Humans are predictable, right? Like, that's what I've been learning a lot more about biology. Like, we don't actually see anything, you know, our, our senses only predict and, and, and then and then reinforce, you know what I'm saying? So you predict something around you, like the placement of your water bottle or your cell phone, but it just might not be there. And and your brain is predicting that it is. So when you reach to grab it, you know, then, then you reinforce that again, you know. And What are you trying to do to my head right now? <laughs> I was just trying to say that <laughs> sometimes it's okay to be controlled, right? Because, but then where do we draw the line, right? Because that's the thing. I want to be controlled up to a point where I can be, where I can be happy and have a place to live, you know. And, and I have a meaningful opportunity to earn some money and take care of myself. Yeah. So if you can control me with government to help me get there, then I'm all for government and I want to be a part of it. It's hard for me to sign up for that. I don't like the idea of anybody controlling me, but it, uh, you know, with a a population like what we've got, you do have to have a governing force to make sure that everything runs in a way that we can provide services and utilities and things like that. So that it all works out. I guess what I'm proposing is that this, um, this granted trust in our government to provide those services for us and to provide these things that we need has been usurped. The trust that we give has been usurped by transnational corporations who have a goal of infinite capital. Can you give me kind of an example of what you're talking about? Of what a transnational I, corporation I do have a broad understanding of what so you're McDonald's saying. So McDonald's is a transnational corporation. McDonald's okay. products are offered beyond nation state lines. Yeah. Right? So nation, nationalism, nations, we are a nation. So... We don't have a hyper-nationalist philosophy as our uh, overall culture, but we do see 
<clears throat> hyper-nationalism resurfacing in our country. Um, you know, the amount of flags that are flown. It hasn't always been that way. You know, American flags is cool, and I really like that. And I fly one in July every year. And however, you know, in Germany, you don't fly the German flag because hyper-nationalism led to Hitler, right? This mm. populist leader. Nationalism hyper-nationalism so you still feel the effects of that when you go to germany you can see things that there's no different because right. of that well yeah and we don't we're not a nationalist country we're a democracy right like we believe in a republic we're a republic mm-hmm. we're not a nation you know like so anyway it's semantics semantics but what i'm saying is that we gave our trust to the government and i believe in that but i don't believe in mcdonald's having authority over my government which they do right through lobbyists and they also don't only have lobbying powers in my country but they have lobbying powers in every country in the world like How crazy is that that's what a transnational corporation is a corporation that goes beyond national borders and with their influence and their goods right and they yeah. provide the same goods everywhere or they change it when they need to you know depending on what the culture wants you know get different <laughs> stuff there's cool youtube channels of guys that go around and eat only mcdonald's all over the world you know uh and like the super size me? no no other guys that'll eat like the weird the the stuff that we don't have on our menu yeah it's different everywhere you go yeah right? yeah you can't get the same big mac in mexico right <laughs> but you also get like squid or something in japan mcdonald's you know jesus yeah i don't know squid fries but hook it up so i'm just saying that <laughs> I, I feel like uh you know i don't want to be controlled anymore by marketing yeah yeah I don't think that's right. I want to be controlled by my local government. Like, I want to, that's who I want to be controlled by. If I'm going to, I have to give my consent somewhere. Consent was the word I was looking for. Noam Chomsky has a great book called Manufacturing Consent, you know. And as long as our government masks itself as a civil service, when it's actually a paid uh, enforcer of, of, you know, the economic principles of infinite profit at, no regard for anyone around. This conversation is going to keep people awake tonight. <laughs> doubt it. Doubt it. <laughs> no, I mean, there's uh, everything you're talking about goes deeper and deeper. Like we could have an entire podcast on that, like the uh, the influences of these multinational corporations and what it's doing to our society. <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. But uh, well, and think about the cell phone and the social media. They're different. You know, transnational corporations. That's the past. That's the that's the 80s and 90s. You know, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's before our world. What world? we live in you know if we have a hard time understanding the reach of corporations like mcdonald's that we can't understand amazon ever you yeah. know and so if we can't understand what amazon is you know amazon in my opinion is gonna we're gonna have to government control that bitch one day it's gonna become the government well it, it kind of already has but right so there you go that's what I'm, i guess that's what i'm saying that's great insight right like yeah. what you just said really is what i'm trying to say is that we can either make these things become government or they will become our government well, you look you at know? what these uh big companies are doing man they're sending people to fucking outer space i mean they're doing stuff that our own government can't do right now that's that's real talk i mean we yeah. can't put an astronaut in space as of right now nasa has to write the check to another country or one of these private entities in order to get our astronauts to the international space station yeah so we've got corporations that are doing bigger shit than our own government that's you know, crazy yeah <laughs> it is crazy i feel like i'm still I have, rooting I have for spacex small, though i love it oh I, I have a small <laughs> explanation maybe like um a corporation are you aware of the history of what a corporation is Tell like me. 
you know, corporate corporations are people now. They haven't always been people. Like, you know that, right? Like, what amendment is it? It's a it's an amendment that uh, grants peoplehood to corporations. Hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm not tracking this one. Not tracking this Mm-mm. one. It's it's well known. Corporations are considered people. Like you you you. Um, well, a co-op is a group of people, right? Yes, but the corporation now today is an entity in itself, right? Like the huh. the is that is granted all the rights of an individual. I did not know that. And used to a corporation was a government charted government charter to build something, to do something for for the government, right? Like to build a bridge. So we okay. would we would assign a corporate charter to build a bridge. Once the bridge was done, the corporation was disbanded, hmm. right? It wasn't as corporations grew over the years financing and banking and everything got involved which is way over my head corporations yeah. are now as powerful as they are today and they are recognized as individuals huh. yeah um i don't have all the lingo or the literature at my disposal to say that but you have a phone yeah look it up <laughs> um but no it's it and don't just do your research on facebook or whatever but i mean there's scholarly articles and there's plenty of really great journalism about corporations being individuals that you can access i mean i recommend vox is a great journalistic source you know vox uh, Mm -hmm. the channel johnny harris is one of my favorites who can tie a lot of this stuff together he loves maps and borders he did a series for vox called borders for a few years and now he has his own channel Hmm. really super cool guy check it out super investigative (laughs) you know but it's not you know so where are we at here? What are we trying to say? I don't know, but I do want to talk about Spain and this pimp-ass postcard I got about four months ago, five months ago. Oh, yeah. I'm thank glad thank I you for that, by the way. I, I told you the other day I've been waiting to thank you in person for that postcard. That was one of the coolest things I've ever received. I'm glad uh, that you liked it so much. <laughs> we and Johnny were talking about it on our episode. And I, I know you that. heard that, yeah. But uh, that was uh, that was really cool. And I appreciate that. But I want to talk about your journey, man, because before you left, we sat down and we got a chance to talk about it. And yeah. Expectations and your uh, your choice in shoes. and Yeah, man. Well, I think <laughs> everything that I'm talking about today, too, is, is part of what I've been discovering lately uh, over the Camino de Santiago, which is the way of St. James, the road to Santiago. Uh, I walked the northern trail, which is Camino del Norte, which is uh, not the... The most popular, which is known as Camino Frances, the French way, which goes just a uh, little bit south through Pamplona and all of the more famous ideas and stories that you get about the Camino. And where, where exactly, what towns did you go through? So I started trip? In, the, in the north. The first big town I came to is San Sebastian, all the way on the coast. It's known as the Northern Coastal Trail, then Bilbao, then Santander, then Gijón, and then down into Santiago. So it's, it's just as long and, and a little bit more, a little bit harder physically, a lot more mountains. Um, a lot better scenery, I think. A lot better cuisine and uh, culture. I prefer anyway. Is this the same route you took the previous time? Is this the second time you've done second it? Second time I've yeah. done it. I'm gonna think I'm just gonna keep doing that trail. Yeah. I mean, I don't really see. I don't have this desire to do multiple trails. I just want to. Maybe it'll develop later. I want to do this same trail again and keep seeing myself through this lens of the Camino, mm-hmm. which makes me want to say a lot of the stuff that we're talking about more. Uh, uh, more clearly and with more confidence, you know, like I don't have any, any rebellious or revolutionary ideas. I've learned this while walking the Camino through my life. People have tried to tell me that I am that. 
and I don't believe them anymore. You know, I'm a reasonable person. I, I want security. Unless your neighbor gets involved. <laughs> but it goes, I want security. You know, I want security. I just want to be, if she steals his property, what's going to, you know, I mean, she can steal my property. Right. And, and I do regret engaging. I do regret engaging. But I'm learning how to live in this world. I didn't mean to uh, side this down another no, no. rabbit trail. But yeah, no, I mean, I've realized, too, that the only way I know how to speak passionately is by yelling. Um, and, and, and a lot of this stuff I learned from the Camino. So like the Camino is just a, an avenue for growth. And you said that, I think, and, uh, and I wrote, did you write that or something? I can't remember, but you said something, I think you and Johnny said that it was a thing to, to grow and think about and um, yeah. that I'm still unpacking self-reflection, it. self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. And I am still unpacking. I'm writing these journals and the, I'm, pack, I'm packing both of them. And I was telling you earlier, the first Camino, you know, I, what I'll say is go do it, right? And if you want to know, if you're listening and you want to know about the Camino, I'm writing a, a thousands and thousands of words about it. And I'll, I'll invite you to read it or call me and talk to me about it. Um, go Where, do it. This, where's the best place for people to access it? Oh, joefnsavage.com. Okay. My mom will call me FM. <laughs> <laughs> you have a tab for just your journal entries? Yeah, blog. Yeah, hit the blog tab. And uh, yeah, it's really well organized. I spend a lot of time on my website to make it accessible and to hopefully help the navigation of everything also all of my lyrics are on there for the last few albums the songs that are released and you can go and look through there and i've taken the time to put in hyperlinks that'll take you back to the top and take you directly from the top to uh, whichever song you want i've also included a youtube or Bandcamp or spotify link next to each song so you can listen while you're reading the lyrics um but the Camino overall for me has been personal growth. It's worth it for the scenery, the food, everything that tourism is. It's totally worth it. It's the best experience you have. Everything that you want out of a normal day hike like to Enchanted Rock in Austin or something, you're going to get that and more. You know, if you want to do a survival thing, you can do that on the Camino. Just go like October, November, December, January, you know, when the trails are fucking closed and there's no services and you're snowing out there, you know. So, no thanks. Camino has everything <laughs> that you could possibly want. And I've just realized it's, it's the one river, many paths kind of idea. Yeah. So, for our listeners that uh, didn't catch the previous episode we did talking about the Camino before you left on your trip, this is a 500 mile adventure leaving from uh it's supposed to be like your where you live right that's the idea yeah, that, so europeans do walk yeah. from where they live but yeah. you picked uh your starting point and you loaded up with uh documents that you showed me earlier like mm-hmm. they gave you kind of a el camino passport yes right yeah yeah you, you get a passport it's this beautiful uh fold out passport and I guess you're getting stamps as you go along on this trip, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and they calculate your mileage kind of uh, by that at the end. So mm-hmm. you have to wait in line and get a number and there's people behind the glass window who look at your passport and, That's so cool. and you can get one of those compostelas. So that certificates known as a compostela, you can get one for just walking the last hundred kilometers mm-hmm. with the last 62 miles or so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I ended up doing 502 miles, which is the entire Northern route. And uh, it's it's well planned, well organized. So many guides, um, very good amenities. You're not gonna suffer if you if you if you don't want to. Right. right. And that's another thing I learned this time. You know, I didn't have any money in 2019, and I wanted to change my life for my 35th birthday, and so that's why I went. And I always wanted to do this Camino, but I had no money, and it, and it really showed me a lot of my trauma behaviors you know and trauma for me is caused not only by my parents like everyone else but by society and things that i 
believed in and it didn't quite work out for me and that's why i have the angst to talk about transnational corporations and oligarchs and and the things and the and really it comes down to equality divide and i bought into the civil servant idea i wanted to be a teacher i wanted to be bilingual multicultural this is what i built my life on and as i got into my teenage years society told me that i didn't build my life on anything that i had no foundation because those values weren't actually where our country was going and i can see that now we we didn't become multicultural or bilingual here in texas and north texas i don't right. speak spanish every day i don't have multicultural multinational friends you know like uh so it's a lot of homogeneity here and everything that i built my life on went against that but it was part of the rhetoric of John, jimmy carter even a little bit of Reagan and Bush, but Jimmy Carter and Clinton continued this kind of idea. Jimmy Carter was just a great man who got his fucking dignity robbed from him, you know, by backdoor politics from the right, which, you know, they convinced the Shah of Iran to only work with Reagan and not do a deal with Jimmy Carter right at the election year, you know. So Reagan gets the prisoners released, but Jimmy Carter suffers this huge defeat by the terrorist regime, the Ayatollah, which the United States helped to put over there, right? Like, uh, isn't the Ayatollah? I don't know the Ayatollah. The, uh, the, the Shah of Iran. Okay. Right? So the Shah of Iran captured Americans and and imprisoned them at the end of Jimmy Carter's t term, for okay. four-year term. And Reagan did backdoor a deal um, with the Shah to get the, to release the prisoners, but only after Jimmy Carter lost the election. So they go into the election when <laughs> Jimmy Carter fucking can't get his prisoners out. But Jimmy Carter's policies, Jimmy wasn't, you know, he wasn't this militant leader. Jimmy Carter was a Christian of Southern Baptist, I think, kind uh -huh. of homely, also very soft-spoken. <laughs> uh, he still works for Habitat for Humanity. He's like 90. That's right. That's like, right. Yeah. More than, yeah. yeah. And, and I've said this for as long as I've been an adult, uh, but what our presidents do after they leave office really says a lot about them. And Jimmy Carter has been building homes for... Uh, underprivileged or uh broke people i don't know well yeah <laughs> and we'll he, habitat for humanity or something like that but jimmy carter is just a monster as, as far as what he's contributed to our community after his years in office like he's he never stopped uh helping our community right and, and that says a lot about a dude and i think that his policies were part of my upbringing and i think that what trump has done for everyone uh, that we must acknowledge is it and not only trump but trump combined with mcconnell uh mitch mcconnell the uh, is in now the minority leader of the senate mm -hmm. um turtle guy <laughs> <laughs> but anyways what these people did <clears throat> was they have shown us the way the government veins work if you want to look at it as like a, a nucleus like the heart is washington and then all of our blood vessels take the information and policies to the extremities, even down to our fingernails. You know, the fingernails would maybe be like Granberry or the Homeowners Association, right? These policies flow through this. And Jimmy, if we compare it to what I'm trying to say, Jimmy Carter's kind of policies and even Reagan's policies back there, even Nixon's policies. Nixon had Nixon was the last one to preserve a national park. Right. Really? Yeah. So, Damn. or until Obama. I guess okay. Obama did declare a couple, two national parks while he was in office. Huh. But, so. Probably named him after himself. 
(laughs) (laughs) But the information flows. And so, I don't know. The Camino for me helped me realize that these qualities that that I grew up believing in are helpful, you know, and that I do have a strong foundation. And no matter what government is going to say to me or what lack of government or lack of, you know, because government for me is a school too. It's a public entity. It's it's provided to us by our tax dollars and coordinated through a government agency. Like these, we are controlled by the government, but it's better than being controlled by a transnational corporation. At least government can be by the, of the people. It can be, is it? I don't know right now, you know, but like we do have the opportunity to participate beyond just voting you know voting is is a really cool thing in our country right now it's up in the air whether voting works or not right Right, and and that's unfortunate but there are other ways to deal and provide civic responsibility and accountability to our citizens on the local level and i really want to get into this with like maddie parker or new mayor uh eventually get her on the show to talk about like local voting because it's it's glamorous and it's uh highly popular to vote for the next president right Mm-hmm. But you get a lot more benefit and you see a lot more direct action out of your vote with local government. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I've been leaning hard away from politics uh, with the Fort Worth Roots podcast, but I well, think eventually. No, 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 not not to say that uh, that was off topic or, or off brand. No, no, I hear you. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah if it, I hate that Got phrase. You, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to end up coming into the Fort Worth Roots fold, and I I do want to get Maddie Parker on to talk about like voting locally and and what kind of an impact that has because fewer and fewer people every year vote in these uh, local yeah. elections. Right. Or, uh, you know, but we have 160 million votes for the president. Yeah, you know? oh, is, yeah. I mean, that's crazy sure. <laughs> for both presidents combined. Right, right? there's something around there. I don't, but that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm sorry I got you off. <laughs> You're no, right, though. At all. Fewer and fewer. So, um, yeah, I I think that most people, including myself, just feel totally powerless with uh, the direction of our government. I'm glad you said that because that's my Camino walks are search for meaning, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to place meaning somewhere, you know, and I feel powerless, right, also. And I think that's why I play music. It's why I write. It's why I speak about the things that I like to talk about. Cause I like to see myself why I failed in grad school was that I believed in something called agency mm-hmm. ignorantly though. And agency is the ability to make your own decisions. Whereas a lot of the professors kept trying to tell me that like humans don't have many, very many decisions. Like my decisions can be predicted down to what I'm going to say and do and buy. And that's why data is so valuable right now. We see companies. I met a guy at a bar who's setting up an app solely to sell the data of the people who sign up on the app. That's where he's going to make his money. The data provides a service. So it's like my behavior, that's what they kept trying to tell me in college, that I was predictable. And I kept saying, no, I'm not. I'm doing everything I want to do. And so I'm trying to find this, where where are my boundaries, right? Like, Mm -hmm. who am I? What am I? And and the Camino helps me think about that. And I think that physiologically, like a, to my marrow of my being and my my actual physical body, blood and bones, I've changed for the better because of the walking. And, yeah. it, and it's given me the capacity to think clearer about who I am and and to see myself in the face of of such influencing things around me at all times, including government, corporations, other people, um, local governments, you know, um, the scene that I'm involved in. Like all I can't help but 
and I don't think I'm unique, see myself through all these lenses and how do I fit in there? And I think what I've been trying to do is unpack all these assumptions that I made over the course of my life. Cause yeah. I made a lot of assumptions and I think, I think capitalism is a great system, but unbridled capitalism lives on these assumptions. It, it, it thrives on someone who has a um, trauma that they won't, that they can't address because they can't afford to, but trauma people want to work harder, right? To try and, and prove something to someone that they're to, to, to validate who they are and to understand the pain that they felt in life. And without validation, I will work endlessly. You know, the work becomes the work sets you free, right? Like this, this, you know, how mock free thing, like, uh, if you've ever read man's search for meaning, mm. uh, it's a book by a, uh, prisoner uh a, a jewish guy abak makfri is a extermination camp okay for during world war ii it's a at auschwitz or whatever yeah. and above auschwitz it said abak makfri work will set you free but so work does set me free you know work helps me to forget about who i am and my problems and to constantly seek meaning and validation from the other throughout my day and even though i don't get that i do get enough monetary reward to survive and go back to work yeah and look for that validation again and that's a little fucked up right yeah i mean totally fucked up yeah because <laughs> I, I i worry about this uh, more and more the older i get like we we work ourselves to death and men especially i think we just put our nose to the grindstone and we keep going yeah and then one day you're just burnt the fuck out and you can't work anymore yeah but we we do this every day feverishly without questioning it we just go to work yeah do things and now for you you've made it to a position where mostly you're just working on your art which is beautiful amazing I'm bro. so uh, <laughs> there's so many people that are jealous of what you're doing but um you earned well, it you all earned you, it. anybody who's jealous just know how grateful i am and how how aware how aware i am you know yeah. i'm forced to pretend like i don't exist and i the that i'm just another normal which I am, human being living on this planet. But I have had a job. I've worked outside. I've done manual labor. Oh, yeah, sure. I worked in the classroom. Yeah, like, it's a fairly recent thing. I mean, you, well, I'm you, just saying you've that, worked up to this point. Like, right, and I'm so <laughs> blessed. No, I, I didn't mean to, to sound like I was rebuttaling anything you're saying. No. I'm glad people are jealous of me because it just gives me a little bit more of the validation that I'm looking for. It makes, it's hard to find meaning in jealousy and envy, but I'm learning to do it, you know, because well, all, all it means is, or all I mean by it is that you have finally reached, you've obtained a goal for you. Yeah. You've obtained something that a lot of people are chasing, which is, you know, making enough that you can focus on your art through something you love. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that, that is so incredibly um, valuable, but to, to, the i don't know 95 98 percent of us that are um not there yet uh just mindlessly going to work every day well i guess that's what i'm trying to speak to too now that you bring that bring that up is that i don't think that i should have had to do it the way that i did i mm -hmm. feel like and you know this maybe i feel like capitalism could still thrive if people are allowed the opportunity to own a parcel of land this size 2,500 mm -hmm. square feet and maybe we don't give it to them. But if I were able to 
my parents weren't going to provide this for me. They didn't. My parents provided everything they possibly could for me, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. But they couldn't provide me with my own place to, to live and have security. Right. But if I had security and a place to live, I, art could have always been number one. And art is who we are as humans. We are artistic expressions. We are, we are expressive beings. We love music. We love expression, you know, and even nonfiction is art. Even science is art. So, you know, these, when you get into the craft, you start to just, you, there's so much beauty there. And I think that it's, it's wrong to, to deny human beings, human beings that by making people mindlessly go to work and not understand who they are, you know, and, and, you know, therapy should be free. I'm all for healthcare, you know, but even with insurance today in America, it's hard to get therapy because therapists don't, don't use insurance because their insurance won't cover therapy, mental therapy, you know, and, but we need therapy. We need to understand if you're not going to give me a place to live, then give me help. Right? <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, what, am, what are we all paying taxes for? You know, I mean, just to try to understand drone strikes. <laughs> i don't know those are expensive bro somebody's got to pay for but, them. i mean we have <laughs> money for that and some you know like yeah i, I don't you know i, I don't ever want to get into the uh, debate about cutting military or police funding you know my father was a police officer the last thing i want for someone like that is to have less resources right but i want more resources for teachers you know yes I, I want, amen you know so i, I think that there's you know we can do both we don't have to say oh get rid of the military to do this get rid of the police to do this it's like that's just that's a false that's a straw man right i mean i think the budget issue is just a runaway train and nobody's at the steering wheel you know what i mean like it just there is so much shitty spending going on that just doesn't need to be there and i remember last election cycle before biden took office or before he was uh the winner of the the reality show uh, (laughs) that we were watching but (laughs) Um, yeah. There, there were a couple of candidates that were proponents for uh, universal Chang, or Yang. Yeah, universal yeah. pay or yeah, like universal a income. Income. There you thousand go. Thousand bucks a month. Yeah, and I remember thinking that is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. There's no way we could possibly do that. And then Corona hit. <laughs> and <laughs> they started cutting checks, and I'm like, holy shit! Nine hundred. It bucks is a week. possible. Yeah, I mean, because because they did it on a whim. Yeah. And it wasn't just the checks that they cut, but they also got into the unemployment. Yeah. And there was a federal funding program to make sure that people that were sh- receiving unemployment were actually getting a shit ton more money. And yeah. this was coming out of a federal My fund. Mike Tars was making 1800 every two weeks. That's why it was so hard to get people to go back to work because they were getting these these unemployment checks and they were massive. Some people were actually making more money on unemployment than whenever they had a job. Mike Tars is one of Why would you go back to work? Why? So, anyway, but it is possible, apparently. Well, now I don't know how. Well, now their interest rates, the Fed has raised the interest rates three times this mm-hmm. year. You can't, yeah. People with excellent 800 scores on their credit are getting 10% offers to finance a car. Like That's wild. That's wild, bro. I mean, only shitty people like me get 10% off. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Same. Yeah. That motorcycle sitting right. out there is, I think, 10%. Maybe 11. Well, yeah. Bad. So, But, I mean, you know, it's crazy. We're facing the repercussions of it, but... I don't understand. So back to what you're saying too, we were talking about Amazon and Amazon 
as well as Bill Gates, as well as, you know, these companies, Microsoft, they were built on, I think I talked about this with you on a podcast before, but maybe not. This is a thing I, soapbox I have. Bill Gates can't exist without public funding. Bill Gates can't exist without the government, without the United States as a whole community, without all of our tax dollars, without the computer provided by his local government at his local library. That is what gave him the edge on everyone else. No. Without us, he doesn't exist and so i'm grateful that he's saying he's going to give away all his wealth well what are you waiting on like give it away <laughs> like you is not, that is that something he's a proponent yeah, of yeah, giving he, away all his wealth when he dies so same with warren buffett but these these are philosophies of andrew carnegie right back in the day andrew there's a great autobiography about andrew carnegie that i read in the last few months uh-huh. i audio booked it and andrew carnegie spent like the first third of his life figuring out how to amass capital middle third amassing capital and then the last they're giving it all the way and paying for public services you know and and carnegie hall these you know his i mean this is what a capitalist used to be right Mm -hmm. like uh it was still kind of about infinite growth but wealth was something to be given to your your fellow citizens you know um it's not what we do now you know and and what i was trying to say is that um amazon being so powerful they couldn't build that you know Jeff Bezos didn't do that by himself. He did that on the backs of generations of Americans and generations of free thinking, right? We have to understand that why didn't North Korea come up with any of these inventions, right? right? Why, well, why, are, why, aren't free thinking, why are free thinking societies the societies that can advance so, f- so quickly, you know? And that's what we're in jeopardy of in our country. And that's why we're in decadence. We're losing it. We're yeah. losing our ability to think freely and to encourage critical thinking and teach it in schools and make our children understand value through critical thinking because over the last 10 15 years if you say the wrong thing if you make the wrong noise with your mouth you uh, (laughs) you can get canceled and uh shut down uh permanently and it sucks without uh, any kind of um reconciliation there's no way to come back from it right so yeah and we both and and i think the a lot of stuff we're talking about today is stuff that everyone can agree with like the dichotomy the binary of Republicans and Democrats in our political system can't serve. It doesn't serve us any longer. It yeah. further divides us and creates creates monsters that we just can't deal with. I feel like a lot of people are waking up to that. Like there seems to be a social me- movement where people are coming around to the idea. Okay, the Republicans and the Democrats they all need to go, and we need yeah. to start with something else because this shit, this old shit that we, <laughs> it's yeah. not working anymore, and everybody's you know, pitted against each other and fighting out in the street about uh, a clerical error on their title um, <laughs> or whatever. People are just mad at each other and it well, sucks. Right. But it, yeah. we got to find another way to, to do this because this, this just isn't working anymore. Well, <laughs> and, the, and the rise of violence is scary. And Do you the, know that violent ra- crime has actually gone down consistently over the last like 20 years? If you yeah. turn on the news or you listen to the radio... You know, somebody's getting murdered every five seconds. Right. But if you look at the statistics, it's actually I, opposite of that. I do know that. And That's I think, crazy. But but in the last five years, I don't know if we're seeing a downtrend. Do you think it's kind of on the way back up? I, I don't I, know about st- national stigma. I know in my life. I know in Fort in Worth it's life, gotten crazy. People sure. are mad at each other mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to, like, you know, I'm on pins and needles. I dress like a, a conservative man from Texas. Yeah. And aside from my hair and my earrings, but <laughs> at least I show them I'm trying. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to argue anymore. 
I don't want anyone to pull their gun on me. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I want to be able to be uh, have Christian thoughts. Like the more that Camino also helps me get in touch with my faith. Like I'm not some zealot. You know, I'm not a religious person. Like I, I don't believe in religion, but. There's something about Jesus and Christianity and the tenets in the Bible and Judaism because we use the Torah as the Old Testament. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. And there's something in Buddhism. There's something in Muslimism or Islam. You know, yeah. these religions offer social structure, but they were the mechanisms of control before. Right. Government is is in opposition to religion, you yeah. know, just as it should be in opposition to transnational corporations. Like, government is supposed to help us be free of who, and be who we want to be. But, you know, the Camino has helped me understand God in a private way. And that's, I think, what God asks of me more than anything, is to keep my relationship with the higher power private as much as possible in, in other than moments like this. when On a you podcast? Know, well, when I feel like <laughs> I need to shed light that the Camino for me isn't just a tourism thing. It's not a health thing only. It's not a mental thing only. It is a spiritual formation of who I am and getting me closer to my idea of what God is, you know. Let's see if um, I can stay on track with this idea. It's going to get kind of murky for a minute. But the first time I heard about Flat Earth, these people that were, you know, they, murky. They, murky. they've got their, they got their own ideas, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. how do you know the world is round? Because you were told anyway. So right. that whole thing, as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, that's that's crazy. Like, of course, the Earth is not flat. That's insane. But what was interesting to me is that people were trying to think, well, I don't know anything. I don't know that this is a fact because I don't know, right? Right. Like, I've never seen something that proves that. I only know what I've been told, right? Right. And so, they're fighting against that. And then you look at either religion or uh, politics and if you attack those at the same uh, tempo or you analyze it through the same lens, mm -hmm. you start to break it down like, okay, I'm being told this, but what do I know, right? And I think that that whole thing, starting with flat earth and moving forward, I think people are, and I don't know if this social change is because of our access to information or what, but people are trying to make their own determinations on everything. And... I kind of moved that same way over the last couple of decades with my thoughts on religion mm -hmm. because I've gone and I've attended services with all sorts of religions. Yeah. Uh, you know, where they're preaching Islam or Buddhism yeah, or Christianity. Too, heard, yeah. And I mean, even inside of Christianity, you got 20 different religions. You <clears throat> yes. know? And I've been through a lot of those services yeah. because I find it sincerely interesting to Same. watch how other people worship God. Yeah. And uh, Morgan Freeman did a whole series. It might actually be going on still. I don't know if they continued it, but just investigating other religions. And the, what, the point that I'm trying to get to is that I think more people should have their own ideas yeah. and analyze things from a perspective of what do I know? Yeah. Not what do I know because someone told me. Right. Now, if you're running around telling people that the Earth is flat and you're going to build your own rocket ship in your garage and you're going to fly out into outer space and take pictures of flat Earth, that's pushing it a little too far. Well, fucking do it. Some dude. of this. Do it. Do <laughs> well, it. there's a guy that did that and he died in that rocket ship because it exploded. But he. <laughs> 
That really happened. There was a whole flat Earth movement. Keep trying, baby. Keep trying. How long did it take? How many millennia did it take to prove the Earth was actually spherical? So if you want to keep, if we want to keep working on it, keep trying. You can only have one death. That's fine. I know, but one death. That's what stopped you guys. Some some things probably. Some things (laughs) you you do need to like. (laughs) uh, Get your overall point. Does it pass the sniff test? You know, like okay, Bob, you're gonna build a rocket and you're gonna launch this thing into outer space, right? Okay. Well, here's what we know. That's dangerous, and it's really hard to do. And are you sure you're qualified uh, to build this thing next to your lawnmower? You know. <laughs> so somebody did this. Really. Yes, and man. Did was, he make it out of the atmosphere? No, dude. Okay. No. Right. He made it like I want to say he made it like a thousand feet, and so the thing just. I encourage him to fell apart. to seek what we've been talking about. Seek seek how if he were still alive, I would tell him <laughs> to try and imagine Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos is not a guy who created this by himself. Right. Right? Yeah. This is a problem. It, it benefits people like Bezos. It, it benefits their company's bottom line, right, the, of Amazon to have people like this man who think that they can do everything by themselves and they stand apart from generations of human beings who went before him. Yeah. You know, I agree with you that we should be taught how to prove these things for ourselves, which there are pre-industrial revolution, pre-technological ways to to prove a lot of science to you and to me if we were given the right tools to to learn how to do that, right? Yeah. And I think public education used to provide those tools to people. It's a little so watered they, down these days, yeah. Because if you can understand <laughs> the world, and there are, that's what's... That's what's beautiful. Damn it, Google lady. Yeah, I didn't ask you. <laughs> I think that's what's beautiful about about uh, science or investigation. Is it? Yeah, it's always changing, and you, we can't just live. You know, sit back on our laurels once we realize. Oh, the 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 sun doesn't revolve around the earth. You mean mm-hmm. like? Okay, we figured that out. We're done. You know, that's not how life <laughs> works, right? We've evolved further from that, and we have to be open to interpretation. But yeah, I think that. We have to trust each other too. This flat Earth thing and this this uh, alternative facts, you know that that uh, Mar- oh, that uh, I can't remember her name. Good, she will remain nameless. <laughs> but uh, the alternative facts in this world right now, I think that that's a deterioration of who we are and our trust in one another. And I know what I need more than anything is trust and accountability. I need people to trust me, and I need people to trust, and I need people to hold me accountable to the to the ideas that I espouse and to my values. And I want to be an accountability factor in other people's lives, you know. And I think this is all coming circling around to what we're talking about with my search for meaning, you know, man's search for meaning. This guy that wrote that, Franz, Franz, uh, I can't remember his name right now. It's a really famous book, Prisoner. In, the, in one of those Jewish extermination camps who survived and found meaning and talked about how even in their darkest hours they found meaning in there. I just finished another book uh, called Unbroken. Uh-huh. It's about Louis Zamperini. And Louis Zamperini, and there's a movie called Unbroken. I haven't watched but I'm about to. Um, he was a sprinter and, and was super fast, was, was slated to run the first four-minute mile in 38 years before Roger Bannister and 50-something, right? Yeah. Um, but he was he went to the he went to the war and became a pilot. He was they fought and flew so many missions. Eventually he he and his buddy were shot down and they floated the in over in Japan. They floated the sea for forty something seven days. Oh my god. Survived. Jesus. It's an amazing story. But when they, they landed on a the shore of a POW camp, the worst POW camp in Japan. In Japan, I didn't really realize this 
either. My grandfather flew uh, quite a few missions, bombing missions yeah. in Japan, killed a lot of Japanese people, I'm sure. Um, not directly, but he was the captain of the, he was the actual pilot yeah. of B-39. He had a hand B-38, yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> but they were ruthless. They tortured Americans and tortured, they exterminated in mass exterminations. They were ruthless to um, to POWs. And so Zamperini survived that. And then he got transferred to another place, supposed to be better, but he met his ultimate torturer, this guy known as the Bird, who has a name. He's still, they were both still alive into their 80s, too, but this man tortured Louis Zamperini personally and took took a liking to torturing just him for another year and a half or so before the war finally ended louis went back they this guy was alive he was never caught so at, at the end of world war ii the japanese were having war tribunal war crime tribunals sponsored by the united states and the allies and putting a lot of those people in jail and killing a lot of those people with death penalty sentences hangings and 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 whatever and but that stopped so when that stopped the bird i can't remember his official name but as louis knew him the bird came out of hiding and Louis went to meet him wrote him a letter for a forgiveness right like God, oh it's so crazy man like and is that all in the story of yes. unbroken yeah oh it's a beautiful beautiful book man. that is so it, wild and it, it just reinforced it was like one step further from this man's search of meaning book yeah which was uh you know same thing how do we find meaning in these situations and how did Louis survive that and what kind of tenacity does it take and there was a guy when they were floating 47 days on the sea that they lost. Three of them started out, and they fought sharks. They fought dehydration. They fought. They were sprayed by a Japanese gunner who sunk, almost sunk their fucking life rafts, you know? Like, but one guy had no hope the entire time. First night, ate all of the chocolate preserves. Son of a right? bitch. And they forgave him. They didn't even mention it in their report later in Guess life. what's on the menu now, Hershey Bar? <laughs> Asshole. But that guy just kept going deeper and deeper into uh, a depression of not controlling himself. Where Louis and the other guy, they they would have together. They all did this, but they had imaginary meals and they shared recipes and they like, oh man, wild stuff. But Louis and the other guy both survived and made it home. And how did the other? How did Hershey Bar? How did he die? He died. He eventually just withered. Just gave up. Yeah, yeah just, even because I mean they were yeah. eating raw bird meat and they would catch a fucking uh, albatross that landed on. They realized they created these hats with this canvas and like, dude, it is incredible what the human being can do and accustom itself to, and how much of it is mental, you know? And That's wild. and you know, I want the Camino to continue to heal me. I'm going to do it again, and I want to continue to be healed. Hate have ruled my life since i was probably 10 years old six or six to ten years old i hated my father so much you know and louis hated the bird <laughs> right when he got out for 20 years he was a drunkard and he's a womanizer and he was he planned to go back to japan and find that man and kill him right and his hatred drove everything about his life i didn't know that i had so much hatred for my father and for government and for the other but i did and i am relinquishing that as yeah. as i walk these caminos and as i go through therapy and as i talk more about my life and behind the hatred and the anger is what we were saying what i told you earlier this grief and shame yeah. of yeah. wasted life and of meaninglessness and of no value you know and those feelings are feelings that i can work on you know, and I can change like, and everyone can change those things. And having the time, the biggest thing about the Camino is the sacrifice it takes to leave your life, to leave your finances. You know, my cat 
I've had two cats and they've changed my life. Like give me <laughs> something to love. You know, I have unconditional love for, for, anim- for my cat and for my animals. Yeah. Um, and they love me in their way, you know, <laughs> they need me and it feels good to be needed. And that sparked a big change in my life years ago. This is Dexter number two. I can't, I don't want to name him different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I adopted a cat. Uh, when I came home to teach in 2013 or so, and I had Dexter one for a while, and he changed my life. I mean, hadn't had a pet since I was a child, but it brought this love back into my life, right? Like to conquer this hate. Like I loved that cat, and that cat yeah. died, right? Like so, oh fuck, I wasn't ready for that, you know? Yeah. And but the love I experienced with animals, and is it translates into a love for myself, right? And it translates into the ability to go and walk the Camino ability to read all these books and talk like I know what I'm talking about right <laughs> and to try to figure out who I am and just be an inspiration hopefully to another person you know that's why I want to do these these um, podcasts and thank you for giving me such opportunity to speak well, I love having you on the show Joe you're a good dude oh, and um, any any goddamn time you want to do a recording I'm game yeah anytime you want to come for out sure. too man now, I've got a studio yeah, I know. I'm gonna come to. I will come to the studio for the next one. So, um, I I love the drive out here, and uh, th- my problem, as you well know, is just trying to find time to to step away and and get out here to see you. Um, but I I'm trying to get a a hold on my schedule. Oh, you made the trip, baby. So I love you for that. Thank no, you. Absolutely. Thank you, man. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, it's a hard. So long it's to a get hard here. trip to come out here. You know, and I live out here and. It's beautiful, though. Changed the way I live. You know, I mean, I used to not have a car and live in the Fairmount. So, there yeah. you go. I could, I can't have that life anymore. And I don't expect anyone else to understand what it's like to drive sixty miles round trip to get to Fort Worth. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I still love. It's almost Fort Worth. worth it though to be in such a beautiful space. I love Fort Worth, and I would like to have a house there one day. You know, and, but me and my brother always said we were going to buy the top floor of the bank tower down there once they renovated it the yeah. tower yeah uh-huh. so he's on pace he's doing pretty good <laughs> <laughs> hey, man still might happen so but i'm glad to be a part of uh your podcast and fort worth Shit. you know man and it's i'm great. just glad i get the opportunity to riff and speak my mind and, and try to just share who i am and what i've gone through you and know? i told you before we started the recording um yeah, anytime i want to name drop so people know what the show's about and the circle that I kind of operate in, I just tell them, you know, Joe Savage, and uh, they know exactly who I'm talking about. You are a local celebrity, and uh, most people have a very high opinion of you. I told you I'd talk to one guy that well, I love doesn't hear- like Joe Savage. I just but. love hearing. <laughs> I love hearing about the good, you know, and I and I focus on the bad too much, like we all might do. Um, if you're out there and you love me and you like what I do, tell me, because I love hearing it and. Um, it means the world to me. And if you want to know more about me, you can always read my journals and blogs. And, you know, there, there's so much. I put out so much content I want to be known. You know, I want. And now that I'm being known and you're affirming that, you know, uh, I w- I'm trying to build that relationship. You know, I want to uh, see what I can gain from others who like me and learn from them. But I also feel good when I, my life can influence someone else that my pain and suffering hasn't been for naught you know it gives me value in my life when a song i wrote captures someone or when a journal entry i wrote can help or even 
someone can empathize with me, you know, that makes me feel great because it, it doesn't make, it makes me feel not so alone, you know? Sure. So, no, you know, I know all this by analytics and I know all your IP addresses out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you. <laughs> but it's always great to uh, actually have someone come over and sit down and talk with me like you or anybody out there listening, just drop a line, you know? I mean, I like, we talked about this. A like on a post is, is, is now mandatory. It doesn't carry any emotional significance, unfortunately. And so I'm sorry that I don't take anyone's likes to my post as meaningful, but I can't. A comment goes a long way. A comment does still? Say something. comment has a you lot. Voyeur? You voyeur? Yes. <laughs> stop letting me know you're watching Just me. sitting there in your boxers, <laughs> not saying anything, you creepy. <laughs> Got to say something. No, I, I feel that, and we talked about it before the recording, but it, it feels like uh, a one-sided conversation a lot of the time because you're putting out all this content, and you know people are looking at it. You can see the analytics. They don't say anything. Yeah. Say hi. Yeah. <laughs> Comment on this uh, recording here. Yeah, say hi. Say, say hi to Joe. Say hi to me. We're not, I'm not just a pure capitalist. I want your money, but until, <laughs> until there's masses of you watching and listening and I get checks, I need, I need something more. Say what's up. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, um, I you, you do have your show, uh, not show but gig out there tonight Sunday. What time does it start? Four oh, o'clock? No, six to six to nine every six Sunday. To nine. Yeah, okay. Out at, and the kitchen closes at eight, so uh, y'all get out there every Sunday on the on the lake. Uh, Eagles Point just can't praise them enough, and you know that's the last thing I I would want to p- plug here is go see Eagles Point, eat JT's food. Get the black and shrimp tacos. It's excellent. Yeah. I've I've been to the uh, Saginaw one. Saginaw one. Yeah, their food is incredible. Yeah, so and it's I mean at the price point that they're cooking this stuff, um, it's bar food price point. I don't know how you're gonna beat that. Yeah, you, you know can. what I mean. Yeah, and you expect <laughs> something low quality, and they do have tenders, but the tenders are way better than any you know chicken tenders that yeah. you get at some rundown. And and just so the listeners know, that's not a sponsor yet. So I'm 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 saying this out of the, oh. out of sincerity. You stay yeah. off my stay <laughs> off my gravy train, baby. I'm on that tee right now. <laughs> no, I love JT and Mandy. They're great. They're great people. I'm so happy to make money with them. And I uh, think I met JT because he was running the he was there cooking food that, that night. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great guy. Oh. Super good chef. Um, they do a lot for me. Amplify eight one seven does a lot for me too, and Gallery of Dreams. I was mentioning that I posted, I put all of them inside the liner notes of my latest album called Tiger in the Room, which is unavailable to unless you come to my show and get it. You know, come get it, folks. You can listen to a couple singles that I've released, but Gallery of Dreams gave me two thousand bucks during the pandemic. Uh, I'm super grateful for that. And, you know, it went to I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on all my recordings over the last few years. So that portion did help a lot. And same with JT and Mandy. Their guaranteed income at once a week with Saginaw for the last year has made my life better. And yeah. then now they've added in Wednesdays and Sundays. Amazing. Amplify it Wednesdays, Burleson. Wednesdays, Burleson. Yeah. Sundays, of course. And then Amplify it seven. they accepted my Transcendental Railroad into their platform and i'm not going to release it to anyone else so i love amplify 817 i love what they're doing i got to sit down with uh, rita faro i've listened to a little bit i haven't got this deep into it she's yeah. awesome yeah and and the the, the way that they're com- uh, connecting the community with our local artists is priceless it's absolutely priceless i i am so envious and jealous that i didn't get accepted into amplify last year so <laughs> i could be a part of a17 day that looks fucking cool as fuck man like, yeah uh, will rogers calls see you august 17th august 17th a one seven day i like that yeah, um i want to be a part of that phone. show that they have a great lineup uh you know there's a little dexter he's a good boy 
But Amplify 817 is a super cool thing. It's publicly funded. This is our tax dollars at work, right? I mean, this money, they paid me, and I have the check right here, actually. Oh, shit. <laughs> so that check is from the city of Fort Worth. Very cool. So you guys you guys paid us. It's $300 what they paid us for the lifetime licensing of the album to be on their platform. Um, and that's what they did for every artist who was accepted into the 817 platform. And and then thanks to them, I am not releasing the album to Spotify or any other digital platform. If you want to hear Transcendental Railroad its entirety, front to back, streaming it, you can only get it on Amplify 17. You know. And I need to. That's awesome. I need to get with Rita. I am putting together a Fort Worth Roots uh, playlist on Amplify 817. That's Com- cool. compliments yeah. of uh, Rita. She fuck yeah, dude. She, she was like, yeah, you can have your own playlist. I was like. <laughs> I'm doing it. Hell yeah. But, you know, I've, damn, I've been busy and it uh, doesn't seem like that would take very long, but I, I need to sit down and iron that out. Well, a lot of Joe this, Savage yeah. is going to be on that playlist. Well, thank you. <laughs> and, a lot, and all this stuff means a lot. And what makes Amplify so much more meaningful is the money. You know, I mean, I can't get around the fact that we need money. and You have to. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that there's, a, for everybody, uh, well, definitely for myself, there's some pullback whenever you start talking about money with your creation, because you don't want to cheapen it. You don't want to make it seem like you're just just there for the money. But guess what? You got to eat. You got to keep the lights on. And how about these buses? Like, this is freaking amazing. Like, we have local musicians, Jacob Fur, Avery Burke, Cutthroat Finches, uh, Charles, or what was it? can't remember the other guy's name now shoot but their fucking faces Bincy Jones Bincy Jones yeah. their faces are in the buses that's so cool you can't buy that no. try to go buy that with mm-hmm. your little musician Absolutely salary not. like you, you know I don't think your podcast salary can afford it either I can't afford a, a bus from my information in my face to be plastered over a bus for those of you that aren't following what Joe's talking about is inside the public buses here in Fort Worth and when you walk inside you've got local musicians placarding both sides of the inside of the bus with ways to, with QR codes to listen immediately right that's so cool uh, yeah I think it's amazing and that kind of money that kind of that's what I mean with money too not just the $300 they gave me but um that money, the exposure, the Will Rogers, Will, doing a show at Will Rogers called CMV. A free show. is a dream. Yeah. Like, that is so cool, you know, and I just can't wait to ha- have that 817 day become part of Fort Worth for good, you yeah. know, and to see your, some of this money going to people I know is great. It encourages me to keep paying taxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing something. Yes. Oh, going for It says a lot about our community, and I love that it's happening here in Fort Worth, and I will absolutely uh, support Amplify 817 with every chance I get. So, um, Hell yeah. I love that movement. Joe, thank you for being on the show today, and uh, tell these people where they can find your shit, dude. JoeFNSavage.com. We're at JoeFNSavage on all the social media stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, so glad to have a website. So check it out. I spent a lot of time on it. I need to look at it. I, I can't remember what your... Is, is this a recent addition, your website? I've had it for about a year or two. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember looking at it's it. Where you read, it's where you read anything you've read. Whatever oh. you... Yeah, the blog's on there. Okay. I think I accessed it through uh, Facebook. You did. So it just takes you to the blog oh, yeah, post. Yeah, yeah. But if you go up, scroll up, there's a home or... you know. Anyway, it's all connected. It's just internet stuff. Thank you for having me out here, man. I love this place. Thanks for coming out. I'm glad you came. I'm if, always proud to show off. If you place. hadn't have told me about the neighbors, I would have never known. It's it seems super chill. <laughs> it is really chill. <laughs> She's crazy. She'll be gone. They're, 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 all their properties are up for sale. Yeah. Yeah, so they're trying to leave. So thank the Lord, man. Let them get on out of here. 
That's a funny ass story though. Thirty six thousand. I can have a little slice of heaven out here. I think what they want for all that is uh, for that little slice of heaven in contention right now. They want twenty G's, which I offered them ten, which is not worth more than ten. <laughs> so they didn't take ten. But anyways, they want like eighty grand for all their properties. This back here, these four with with the trailer went for ninety. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, if you are interested in some awesome property, hit up Joe Savage, and uh, he can get you connected. No, with the right no, people. you yes, just no, listen no, to my no. music. <laughs> <laughs> Do not hit me up about any property, <laughs> brother. Thank you again, thank you. and uh, anytime. And Appreciate you know, you, it, yeah, the studio is kind of on your way out there to uh, um, Eagle Mountain Lake. So oh yeah, I'll be out, man. If you ever want to do a Sunday thing, let me know. Uh, Sac, uh, Sac. River Oaks, River Oaks, yeah. Cool. Right there at Yale and Meandering. Okay, cool. Yeah, easy to find. I'll be there. All right, Fort Worth Roots. Thank y'all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Always a blast hanging out with Joe, man. Uh, ridiculousness. What's going on out there, Joe? We're going to have to keep tabs on this. Um, this this seems like the story you hear right before Joe ends up going to prison for strangling a neighbor. No, that's not what's going to happen. We'll have none of that. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Fort Worth Roots Podcast. I'm really looking forward to this event. We are inches in goal. We're right up to the deadline here. September 10th, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I've been telling people, hey, I know you got stuff going on. You got a gig, you got an event, you're going to be going and doing stuff. That's fine. This is from 1 to 6 p.m. Make this your pregame location. Come see me. Show your support for these bands. Late to the Station, The Gray, Itchy Richie, and The Burning Sensation. And our friend Kate Greathouse, a side-splitting comedian here in, uh, from the local Fort Worth area. It's going to be a blast. And we're pulling out of this, all the stops. We've put everything into this we could think of and the next one will be even better but you won't know how much better the next one is if you don't see the first one so come on out fort worth roots podcast 100th episode party it's going to be blast pouring glory september 10th 1 to 6 be there just be there and if you're playing the uh scavenger hunt game uh, the podcasts that are being, uh, excuse me, the podcasts that are going to be involved with the podcast scavenger hunt, it's probably you, the Funky Panther podcast, the Jerry Jonestown Massacre, the failed podcast, us, Fort Worth Roots, Emo Otaku podcast, one day I'll get, get that down where I don't have to stutter every time I say it, Forever Reckless, Funky Town podcast, thanks for the invite podcast, Osos Colosos, and Fort Worth Famous. You remember what to do? You go to those podcasts, you listen to the episode where they talk about the uh, the upcoming event, and in the intro, they're going to give you a letter. You use that letter to string uh, a series of letters together to make a code phrase. It's very simple. We're going to have tickets at the door, you'll put your name on the ticket, and we'll put it in the drawing. If you got the code phrase, you're up front. You'll be the first ones uh, to be selected for a prize. Now, if you don't want to play this silly game, and I get that, because who's got time to play a silly game? Um, I, I don't know that I would play a silly game. It doesn't matter. You don't have to because the event is still free and you can still put your name in the drawing. So if we have two people that are going to play the scavenger hunt game, no problem. Uh, we still have things to give away for free. So whenever you're coming through the door, if you don't have the scavenger hunt, you'll be put in a separate pile and you'll be uh, 
selected for prizes after we get done with the scavenger hunt participants. So just because you don't play doesn't mean you're going to lose out anything. But if you do play, you're going to be first up uh, to receive a prize or possibly win a prize. Maybe. Possibly. No guarantees. Don't sue me. Um, but there are going to be prizes. I've got a few of them here in the office with me right now. I'm not going to tell you what they are yet um, because I'm, I'm waiting to get more cooler ones, too. I want more awesome stuff. I want so many things to give away. So come on out. See what we, uh, what we have cooking. Um, I'm going to be uh, putting as much as I can into this all the way up to the last minute. So um, there are going to be things that I don't tell you about. Because I'm still working on them, okay? Alright, cool. And there is a big reveal. I've decided that I'm going to go ahead and do a big reveal. What's it going to be? I don't know. You don't know either. So we'll just have to see. But it's going to be big. It's going to be about 9.5 feet tall. Uh, I think about 20 feet long. And uh, you'll just have to come out and see it. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. Please listen to me. Do this. Go ahead and text Aaron and just tell him, hey, you're my roofer now. And then save his number inside your phone so that whenever some dumb thing happens, whether it be a hailstorm, a massive tornado, high winds, whatever, you just look up and your ceiling is wet one day. You're going to need a roofer. It happens. We live in North Texas. Here's the number, 817-882-6520. And at the beginning of this episode, I told you he's going to give you 50% off uh, for their little home roof inspection. Uh, This is excellent. This is a big savings, and you need to have this done periodically. I know we don't think about it until there's a big issue, but this might be the difference between keeping your roof alive for another year or two and uh, having to replace it immediately. So don't let me scare you. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying, like, take care of your stuff, dude, okay? Things last longer if you take care of them, and that's what Darren wants to do. He wants to come out, introduce himself, give you a little business card, just introduce himself and then uh, take a look at your roof. So, And because uh, Darren's a good dude and you are a good person because you listen to the Fort Worth Roots podcast, you get 50% off of that little roof inspection. Not bad. Not bad at all. Hal Walker Originals, HalQuacker.com. You need something cool for your business? You want some custom stuff? Yeah, there's places you could go that do that, like Vistaprint and so on, but they're not a sponsor and they're not local. And one of the things that I'm doing with uh, rounding up sponsors for the Fort Worth Roots podcast, I am trying to keep Fort Worth dollars in Fort Worth pockets. Shopping local, folks. It's it's the new cool thing to do. Anyway, check it out. HalkWalker.com, and they got you covered. There's going to be something there that's going to impress the pants right off you, and you're going to have to take something home. Um, Woodpost Metalworks, another one of the uh, discount uh, advertisers here on Fort Worth Roots, one of our sponsors. Woodpost Model Works is offering you 10% off with code PODCAST817. We're just saving you money left and right. You need this stuff. You're going to have to buy gifts. You're going to have to buy new signage for your house. You're going to have to take care of your roof. You're going to need new marketing material for your company. These are all things that you need. And we got you covered right here. Fort Worth Roots. 10% off at Woodpost Model Works with code Podcast 817. That's woodpostmetalworks.com. Why did I read those off twice? I don't know. Because I wanted to. I actually had a Darren contact me this week. And he's like, you know, you don't have to talk about us every episode. <laughs> I was like, well, Darren, look. We, uh, we want more sponsors. We do. We really do. But right now, these are my sponsors. So we'll just fill that sponsorship block nonstop. 
with the people that care about us the most right now. Roofing Solutions, Hawk Walker Originals, and Wood Post Metalworks. Last time I'll say it this episode, September 10th, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Porn Glory. Put it on your schedule, folks. If you're not coming out to support the Fort Worth Roots podcast community, if you're not coming out to support the Fort Worth Roots podcast, um, do it for these awesome uh, artists that are going to be coming out to entertain you. Late to the station. Itchy Richie and the Burning Sensations. The Gray and Kate Greathouse. They're expecting you. And if you don't come, they'll be heartbroken. All right, folks, thank you very much again for listening to another episode of the Fort Worth Roots Podcast. I will see you at the event September 10th, and I'll see you next week on the podcast. Thank you so much. Hope you're having a great week. Love you. Bye.